establishing our faith. You're like, Tom, get off it. I can't. See, I pray over my messages. Most people go online, they see what the latest trend is, they preach it to you. You get a, you know, a 56 minute service and you, move, and you go out. No, it's conviction free, challenge free, see free, conviction and challenge free. And they move out, no, I pray over mine. I said, Lord, give me the message that you want me to preach this week. So the Lord gives me the message that he wants me to preach this week and we are still needing to establish our faith according to the Holy Ghost. You're like, Tom, I'm an established Christian. All right, well, make sure that you're performing miracles then. Are you? You went in the lost? Where are they? If you're an established believer, there would be fruit because the eye in the sky does not lie. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. So if you know the false prophet by his fruit, then you should know the true prophet from their fruit. So before you think you're an advanced Christian, and by the way, I don't think I am. What's that noise? Oh, fan back there? Okay. I wanna know what the heck's going on. And our bathrooms blow up this morning. I'm soaking wet. But listen, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. Yes, we have no bathrooms. Yes, I'm soaking wet. Yes, the car wouldn't open. Dog wouldn't go to the bathroom because it was raining. It doesn't matter. None of it actually matters, amen? So I, I listen, I don't consider myself to be an advanced Christian. If I was an advanced Christian, I wouldn't have been so tempted to just throw everything all over the ground this morning when the car wouldn't open. I didn't, which is a step forward for me. But I don't consider myself to be an advanced Christian. And I've won a lot of people to the Lord. I have performed miracles, but listen, not, not to the level that I wanna be at, so I don't consider myself to be advanced. I just marvel, I marvel at the absolute conceitedness of most Christians who consider themselves to be advanced with no fruit. Well, I've got a Bible fish cover. Well, that doesn't really matter. Every time Chris Tomlin comes into town, I'm there. So? If you, what you should start with is, I never miss church. Start there. As many advanced Christians are like, they call themselves apostles or prophets and they wander from church to church because their advancedness is actually camouflage for being unteachable and unsummissive. Their labels of, I have, an, I have an apostolic ministry. Oh, really, apostolic ministry? So where are the churches you planted? No, what you are is a, let's, let's, go ahead, let's go ahead and frame it correctly. You don't have an apostolic ministry, you have a ministry of criticism. Where you go from church to church, and you believe that you're accomplishing something by criticizing the church. You're not accomplishing anything by criticizing and fault finding. That's not a gift of the Spirit. Fault finding is not a gift of the Spirit. 
Understand, so a lot of people, they need to really look at themselves today and say, am I like Tom and do I really need to establish my faith? When you're somebody who's 54 years old, I mean, you got saved when you were 18 and you consider most of the time between 18 and 51 a waste of time spiritually, then you're kind of a baby Christian like me. And you should go ahead and humble yourself and say, you know what, maybe I do need to establish my faith. Maybe I'm not so advanced. I mean, how many, how many people really know the Bible? Really know the Bible? You ever been around people who really know it? When you're around people that really know it, like Rodney Howard Brown or Jonathan Shuttlesworth, you're sitting there going, man, I know nothing. That's where you need to be. And for some of you, I'm that because I know a lot more than you do, but I still have a long ways to go, which is why I come under somebody. It's called submission. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Yeah, it's a Bible verse, Ephesians 5, 21. You won't get much here but Bible. You're gonna hear, there's gonna be a lot of mysterious things preached to a lot of people today because it's the Bible. The Bible is our faith. That's it. The Bible does not need you to censor it. Doesn't need you to filter it. Doesn't need you to make it more loving. The Bible is our faith. So the Bible is love. Everything pertaining to this life and the life to come must be addressed in faith. Period. Everything. Well, you know, I'm gonna decide who I wanna marry. You're gonna marry the wrong person then. If you're deciding who you're gonna marry, you're gonna marry the wrong person. And if you're married to somebody right now, they have become the right person, so don't look for a way out. They have metamorphosized into the right person. Congratulations, congratulations on finding the man or woman of your dreams. Because that's who you're married to and that's who you shall stay married to. But everything in life must be addressed in faith, everything. Every last thing, every last obstacle, every last challenge, every good thing, every bad thing must be addressed in faith. What, is, what does faith have to say about this? And faith is the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So everything in life, there's a Bible verse. That's why some of us need to be still and know that he is God. Psalm 46.10. We need to just go ahead and be, we need to, we need to, Isaiah 41.10. Wait on the Lord. Isaiah 40.31. Wait on the Lord. Which means as a waiter. Not, I'm going to just sit here in my recliner and wait. No, it means wait on the Lord. What does the Bible have to say about the situation that I'm in? The Holy Ghost who only preaches the Bible, what does he have to say about where I'm supposed to go? If you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, he will tell you very specific things. Should you move? Should you take that job? Should you date that person? Well, some of, it, some of the times, well, it's very obvious. 2 Corinthians 6.14, not to be yoked together with an unbeliever. What if you have two believers? Who should you date? The Holy Ghost will tell you. He'll let you know. Should I ask that person to marry me? The Holy Ghost will let you know. He operates in the specific through the word of God, through faith. But everything in life must be addressed in and by 
faith, everything, without exception. Hebrews 11, 6, why? Why does everything need to be addressed by faith? Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. What's life about? Pleasing God. No, you know what, I wanna please my wife, I wanna please God. If you please God, you'll please your wife and be a great parent. You don't need to go to a seminar about marriage where you find your inner animal, look each other in the eye, are you sanguine or melancholy? All of that pimped by Christians. The answer is your faith. Your faith is not some ambiguous thing. Your faith is not put together by you, is not built by you, is not edified by you. Your faith is the Bible. Wives, do you wanna, do you wanna have a great marriage? Do you? Then submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Husbands, do you want a great marriage? Yes. Then love your wives like Christ loved the church and lay your life down for her. Amen. Laying your life down for her doesn't, well, I'm just waiting for that opportunity when I, she's laying on the train tracks. <laughs> I'm gonna push her out of the way and take the train myself. I'm just waiting for that. Otherwise, she gets nutkins. Laying your life means, I'm saying this for the men today, it's Father's Day, but you know what? Hey, I might as well bash the men. I usually, it's usually even Stephen bashing. But if you're gonna be a decent husband, then you're gonna lay your life down for her. That means lay your life down. It means doing what you don't feel like doing. I got some that rights in this area here and then nothing for the rest of the church. There's a lot of husbands in this section that said nothing. A lot of husbands in this section that said nothing. Ask her today, it's Father's Day. Do the opposite, do what God does. Just always be the opposite, just like God is. Ask her today, what, are you, what do you need for me that I'm not doing? Amen. Whoops! <laughs> Everyone's afraid to look at each other now. Everyone. <laughs> Wives, you can do the same thing. You know what the man's answer is gonna be. Sometimes you gotta watch when you take your drinks there. Our, listen, our goal in life, the meaning of our life is to please God. That's not good enough for me. That's why you're empty. You're chasing shadows. The shifting shadows, you're chasing them. You're chasing after them. James 1.27, James 1.17 actually. You're chasing the shifting shadows. The only answer to life, the only happiness you'll ever find is trying to please God. You love your husband to please God, not to please him. You love your wife to please God. You train up a child in the way he should go, to please God. You attend church on a rainy day to please God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Outrageous faith. Not wearing a mask faith. No vaccine faith. Keep your church open faith. 
Philippians 3, 7 through 9. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Everything outside of the righteousness of God and faith is rubbish. Everything. Well, there's just some things in my life that are just real important to me. You're out of priority. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Not so he'll add everything to you, and he'll add everything to you. Learn to put God first. Literally put him first. Defining faith. So Jesus is the word. You're like, Tom, I hear this every message. That's right, people need to hear it. Jesus is the word. John 1, 1, John 1, 14, 1 John 5, 7. Jesus is the word. We have his faith. Galatians 2, 20, Revelation 14, 12. You don't have faith in Jesus. You have the faith of Jesus. That's a big deal. So in keeping with what the word of God says, the word is our faith because Jesus is our faith and Jesus is the word. Anything in life, should I date this person? Should I make this investment? Should I go, should I go into business with this person? Should I tithe? Should I give? Whatever it is in life, am I sick? What does the word of God say? Should I be poor? Should I be rich? What does the word of God say? That's it. That's the end. Well, I don't have time to decide. Why is, I always hear people, I don't have time. Where are you in such a hurry to? That's when I knew I was supposed to retire from law enforcement. I started to ask people at crash scenes. Where were you in such a hurry to that you caused all this? Explain to me the priority of you running that red light. Explain to me the priority of that. Well, I believe that's not Jesus. Jesus is our faith because our faith is the word and Jesus is the word. Everybody got that? So Jesus is it. He's our faith. However he acts is how you should act. Tom, why do you talk the way that you do? Because Jesus did. If you don't talk the way that Jesus talks, then how are you behaving like Jesus? How can you say such confrontational things? That's what he did. I'm emulating the Savior. I'm emulating my Lord. If you don't believe that you should talk forthrightly, then you're not Christ-like. But the opposite is considered Christ-like because the devil has slipped his way into the church for certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago, have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ our only sovereign and Lord, Jude three and four. Not acting like Jesus in the name of being Christ-like? Jesus by today's standards was mean. He wasn't rude, he wasn't arrogant, he was forthright. He said what needed to be said. He did what needed to be done. 
He was confrontational. Some of you believe it's Christ-like to never confront, and your kids run all over you. And they're four. What are they gonna do when they're 14? They're gonna end up in the backseat of a police car, finally complying. Quiet in here all of a sudden. A lot of people are afraid of their kids. Well, I wanna be their friend. That's not Jesus. Whenever I say this morning, because I'm gonna read you a list of, I don't know, 12 things here. Whenever I say that's not Jesus, that's not of our faith and that's not the Bible. So why are you doing it? Well, I believe that's not Jesus, James 2.19. My experience has shown me that's not Jesus, Mark 7.13. God doesn't heal every time. That's not Jesus, Matthew 8.17. God does not want me wealthy. That's not Jesus, 2 Corinthians 8.9. There's people who won't come back to the church because I tell them they're supposed to be wealthy. They're not gonna come back because they believe that being poor is an attribute. Poverty is an attribute. No, that's not Jesus. Proverbs 10, 15, I'll read it to you. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. And you believe it's an attribute to be poor because it keeps you humble? Why don't you just be humble and rich? Why don't you, why don't you fund world missions and be humble? Poverty is an attribute. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. No, poverty is destruction. It's not an attribute. Jesus became poor so that you could become rich. Second Corinthians 8, 9. Stop believing things in Jesus' name that are in the devil's name. You can't lose your salvation. Wrong, that's not Jesus. Hebrews chapter 10, 26 and 27. 2 Peter 2, 20 through 22. Colossians 1, 21 through 23. John 15, 6. Revelation 3, 15 and 16. You can go on and on. It's all a lie. First Timothy 4, 1 and 2, titled The Great Falling Away. 2 Thessalonians chapter two, titled The Great Falling Away. Oh, you can never lose your salvation. Then what are they falling away from? How stupid can you be and still suck oxygen into your pie hole? Seriously, that's why people have, they, you, when you're supposed to approach everything by faith, they've never heard both ends. All they know is John three sixteen. Tom, why do you always use John 3, 16? Because it's one of the very few verses that everything around it is positive. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. That's all around. There's absolutely nothing negative that even I could pull out of it. So that's all people know, but they don't know anything else. They're destroyed for. All right. Destroyed. They think it's an attribute to put a mask on and stand five feet, six feet apart. It's not an attribute, you've been lied to. I'll stop there. (laughs) Love conquers all, that's not the Bible. Love conquers all, how many of you believe love conquers all? And does not. First Corinthians 2, 4, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. 
Love does not conquer all. Doesn't mean that you disqualify the love verses. They're just as qualifying as the power verses. The heaven verses are just as qualifying as the hell verses, but somebody better be preaching both. That's why you are so blessed that you pushed your way through the typhoon this morning and came to church and are hearing both ends. Then you'll be ready to be the restraining. You'll be ready to stand because you actually have an idea of what it means to stand. Most of the church has no idea what it means to stand. They actually, the world is inverted. Everything that is called disinformation is truth. Everything that's a lie is actually the truth. Everything that's called the truth is a lie. And it's the sad thing is, as I quoted to you earlier out of Jude three and four, people have secretly slipped in among you, among the church, exchanging the truth for lies. Well, you know, we don't discuss people's sin here. We don't want them to feel condemned. Is that what Jesus did? That's not Jesus. So who are you quoting right there? You're quoting the devil. Anything that's not of faith is sin. Romans 14, 23. Write these verses down. Check them when I get home, when you get home. Make sure that crazy, chubby man is actually correct. It takes a village. It's Father's Day. Ephesians chapter six, verse four. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Why is your wife doing it? Why is your wife the spiritual thrust of the home? Um, that doesn't apply to me. Then, then don't worry about it then. I'm all, I'm all offended. I, I am the, then, this doesn't apply to you. There's certain part of the messages that don't apply to you. I'm screaming at somebody else. Why is your wife the spiritual thrust of the home? Listen, everybody loves my wife more than me. My own dog. I spend all, she doesn't spend a 10 seconds with him per day. I walk him, I pet him, I spoon him, I kiss him. I walk him two hours a day, minimum. We're together, he presses his face against mine, looks me in the eye, then doesn't listen to me and kills raccoons right in front of me. Stop it, doesn't listen. But he loves my wife more than me. How? The cat loves her more than me. My son loves her more than me. My daughter loves her more than me. I lose everyone. Push comes to shove, they don't come to me. I find out things weeks later. When did that start happening? I look like some idiot walking in a room. When did that happen? She didn't tell me for over a month that she was going to a gym. My wife was cheating on me with a gym. It was some sort of boot camp thing. I, she was sneaking around. First time in our marriage she's ever snuck around. I had no idea. She, she forbade everybody to tell me. She didn't want to hear me criticize her because I'm always like, just walk out the front door and start burning fat. I want to burn fat, but listen. But anyway, they all end up going to her. When times are tough, they don't come to me. All the secrets go to her. I find out weeks later. 
But there's one thing that will not be questioned in my house. Who's the lion of Judah in the house? Who's the spiritual thrust of the house? Not saying that I'm any stronger than my wife, but I set the spiritual tone. A lot of men are dead silent. A lot of times what happens is you'll hear controversy and conflict in the house, and I just listen. And then if I need to, I'm like that male lion. And I just walk into the room, and I'm like, well, what's going on? Why aren't you that way? Tommy, you're saying you're perfect, far from it. You may be a a better person than me overall, but why is the spiritual thrust of your home your wife? Why are you quiet? Why are you reserved? Why has your wife got her hands in the air and you sit there like a bump on a log? I thought this was Father's Day, Tommy. You should be nice to us. No, I don't buy by any of those rules. That's not the Bible. Father's Day, be nice to fathers. That's not a Bible verse, so I don't care. Everything doesn't come from faith to sin. I'm not interested. Tommy, are you really that simple-minded? Absolutely. This is actually the most complex thinking on the planet. Oh, the depths and riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Romans eleven thirty three. Me thinking that simplistically, that it's all Bible and nothing else, makes me more complex than those who don't use the Bible. Or who use their own simple wisdom. All you are, when you're using your own wisdom, you're just going to an organ that's gonna rot. Your brain is gonna rot. You're gonna end up in a grave with it rotting unless Jesus comes back. I'm going with the spirit of God and the word of life. My yes is yes, my no is no. That's way more complex than gray matter between your ears. Which is ugly, by the way, if you've ever been a police officer and see somebody spray their gray matter all over the wall. It's not pretty. I'm not going with that. I'm going with the word of God and the voice of the Holy Ghost, which are one and the same. Where was I at? Oh, here's, oh. If mama ain't happy, the whole house ain't happy. That's not the Bible, that's not Jesus. Where do you get, what, use that verse, Tom, Ephesians 5.22. Seeker sensitive. Is that what Jesus did? Was Jesus seeker sensitive? Did he count the cost? Did he weigh the crowd? Well, you know, I brought somebody to church on Sunday and Tom just blasted him. Blasted him with what? Blasted him with the Bible. Jesus wasn't seeker sensitive. Well, you know, we just, we're just trying to marinate them in. That's not a Bible verse. That's not Jesus. If you're wondering where people are all walking, that's where the bathrooms are. Just in case. Since our other bathrooms are full of water. <laughs> so sick of water. <laughs> I wish I didn't need it to live. Because I hate water. We're not here to judge. That's not the Bible. That's not Jesus. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things. 1 Corinthians 2.15. We're not here to offend. Matthew 23.27. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. For you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead man's bones and all uncleanness. And you're not here to offend. That's Jesus talking. We want to make people feel comfortable. That's not a Bible verse. Make them feel loved. 
I don't care if you are dead to the wall, LGBTQ2I plus spirit animal. Gay is the day is long. You are more than welcome here, but you're gonna hear the truth. You're more than welcome to go eat in the back with your husband. Go ahead. You are loved, but you're gonna hear that you are living in hell-bound sin. Because you are. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. Revelation 21, 8. Sorry, it's hell-bound sin. And included in all of those sections of scripture is fornication, heterosexual sin, who they're going to hell too. You don't shy away, Tom. We, oh, that's one on my list here. We avoid the mention of hell. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus didn't avoid, avoid the mention of hell. He talked about hell more than heaven. So why does the church, if they're gonna emulate Jesus and call themselves Christians, talk about heaven more than hell? Well, you know, we don't want, you know, you gotta watch who's in the room. I don't watch who's in the room. Are you a liar? Look at me, are you? You're going to hell for it. You watching porn? You're going to hell for it. It's the Bible. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. Revelation 21, 8. And that's not the only places. That's the truth. This is, when you actually preach both ends that God loves you and here's what will send you to hell, now you have established faith instead of malformed faith and now you'll know how to respond to controversy. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Your first thought should always be what? Should always be what? Okay, here, I'll, give, I'll give you an example. Pick, I, I know I, I can see all the cops in the room, people that I work with. I love Sarasota, Sarasota County, yes, so. And so my brethren are in the room. The very first thing you think of on a police call is what? How do I not end up dead? That's what you do. So the very first thing you should think of in all scenarios, if you're walking up and you're a cop, no matter what it is, whether it's the impossible, there is no such thing as routine, but for sake of conversation, a routine traffic stop is how do I not be dead? I never conducted a routine traffic stop. I never went to the driver's side, ever. I always went to the passenger side. They see me walking up and then I disappear. <laughs> and now I go, on the passenger side, with my hand on my gun. Well, people will see it. I don't care. Call me in. So what's the first thing you should think of when you're a Christian and you're responding to the calls of life? How do I not end up going to hell? How do I not go to hell? If you're a pretty woman and men are all around you, your thoughts should be, how do I not go to hell? If you're a man and all you want to see is naked women, which is all of us, <laughs> you're going to have to do something with that desire. You're like, women are like, I don't want to see a bunch of naked men. I know, men and women are different. <laughs> I've told you this before, I'm going to tell you for the 10th time. They're very different. My wife has never gone out of her way to see me naked. I am always going out of my way, every day, to find a way to see her naked. Every day, 
ooh, I, I, I'm in my office. I hear a ruffling in our room. Oh, sorry. I see you're naked. Uh, You're going to have to do something with that desire. That, what that first step should be, how do I not go to hell? Because I know in Matthew 5, 28 that the lust of the eyes is the same as the lust of the flesh. So what am I going to do? Because God looks at every time I lust. Well, you can look as long as you don't touch. Not a Bible verse. In the eyes of God, which is all that matter, because without faith it is impossible to please him. So faith is... You're looking at a girl in a bikini, you are lusting. It's hell-bound sin. Period. What are you going to do with it? How do I not go to hell? Here's what you do. Don't look to your right or to your left. You see the inkling of a hot woman? Don't look. You women, you don't get what I'm talking about. You're like, I don't have any problem not looking at men. Yeah, you're different. Nobody's better. Nobody's worse. You're different. We all know it's true. That's why you don't abide in the lies of this time. Acting like men and women are the same is the same as acting like a vaccine stops COVID or a mask stops COVID or standing six feet apart stops COVID. The only thing that stops COVID is the word of God. I think I got through my whole list there. I did. But statements like these, mom ain't happy, seeker sensitive, we're not here to judge, we're not here to offend, we don't mention hell, you can't lose your salvation, love conquers all, poverty is an attribute. Statements like those are why the Christians end up masked. Tom, why are you always picking on Christians? Because judgment begins at the house of God, and we're in the house of God, and we're Christians. From whom much is given, much is demanded. Of course the world masked in lockdown. I heard Rodney Howard Brown preaching this morning. He said, you know what? If you even knew what was planned for you, you'd be rejoicing in the power of the Holy Ghost that has seen you through. Because if they had, if they had what they wanted to have, you wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't be here today. I'd be in prison because I ain't complying. Aaron and I'd be sharing a cell. You'd already be at CBDC, which was put off until July 11th of this year. The World Health Organization just released their global health passport. Everyone thinks it's over. It's not over. This is a launching pad. It was a diving board to plunge into what they really wanted to plunge into, which is to control your life. Using a disease, using climate change, using transgenderism, using every hoax possible, using lawlessness that you're seeing abound. Statements like those that I just read are why the church ended up masked, locked down, social distanced, five times vaxxed, why people end up gunless, calling boys girls and girls boys, end up with an electric vehicle with a social credit score and a mark on your forehead used to access CBDC. It starts with your faith. What are you gonna do with CBDC? It starts on July 11th. What is today, the 18th? 
So what, 12, 12 and 11? What's that, 22 days, 23 days, 23 days from now? What are you gonna do? You're gonna have to stand. You're gonna have to say no. You know what we're doing right now, which has proved to be very affective? What are we doing right now? How's Bud Light doing right now? I, don't, I hate alcohol, but I'm just telling you, I love the conservative response. How, how's Target doing? Disney's lost 50 billion, how's Disney doing? That's what you do. You let your no be no. And you, when, the, when the yes is applicable, then the, your yes be yes. I'm not watching Disney. Listen, I know some of you just love it. I don't get it because all you are is a giant piece of cattle. Two and a half hour line to watch a bunch of Muppets. It's a small world after all. I want to bring a pistol in there and just blow my own brains out. And you just love it that much, but you're part of the problem. You're, fun, you're funding people who are grooming children into sexual acts. Yes, I said it. You ever watch the video of their producers talking? The people who make their content? Their conf- people have found their way to hack into their conference calls, their Zoom calls. I played it on the podcast, what was it, probably a year and a half ago, two years ago? They're on there saying we purposely put in queer ideology, gay ideology, LGBTQ ideology into our children's programming. The UN just released, you're like, Tom, this is politics. How is is child sex crimes politics to you? How's abortion politics to you? How is CBDC, central bank digital currency, and social credit systems in, in light of Revelation 13 and 14, how is that politics to you? Because you've never been preached the word of God. You believe anything out, outside of John 6, 3.16 is politics. It's the Bible. It's the word of God. These things should be preached. The UN is trying to license pedophilia. That's the absolute truth. I read their, I read their latest quote-unquote legislation, their latest bill that they're trying to pass to the UN. It's to legalize men who are 38 years old having sex with nine-year-olds. It's an absolute fact. It's in their own verbiage. They're unashamed. Do you, ever, do you honestly think that it's coincidence that 30, for those of you that have your kids in here, this is your fault. If you come home and they start talking to you about taping up penises, that's your fault. Because that's what I'm about to talk about. I'm warning you, now's your chance. Get them out of here. We have a big program in the back for all the kids. But it's not coincidence that now you have the globalist, bourgeois, leftist, elitist, godless people who are licensing and advocating for 38-year-old fat men to tape up their penises and twerk them in front of an eight-year-old girl. It's not coincidence, and coinciding with that, you have the UN legislating pedophilia. It's not coincidence, it's called grooming. They're not just grooming kids, they're grooming you to accept it. Well, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to come against the guy. You know, we've been taught in church. Again, I'll, I'll read some of my We're not here to judge. Uh, we're not here to offend. We're seeker sensitive. 
We avoid the mention of hell. No, that that 38-year-old man with his taped-up penis twerking it in front of an eight-year-old is a pervert. He needs to be called a pervert. And see how you get dull? For the word of God's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit of the joints and marrows and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Right? Hebrews 4.12. That's how you answer everything. Quick, powerful, sharp, piercing. That's the word of God. That's how you answer things. Not with uh, love conquers all. It's not Christ-like. He never said it. He didn't act like that. So why do you? The church should be the, on the forefront, donned with black robes, speaking against the rape of children. These things are not coincidences. There's no such things as coincidences. This is all an agenda that the church should stand up and say, perverts! I'm not hesitating. They're arresting pastors right now. Listen, they're arresting pastors because in Canada, you can't be within 500 feet of a drag queen story hour or a drag, drag queen striptease show for any kid from zero to 15 years old and go there and watch grown men, again, with taped up penises for the fifth time, twerking their genitals in front of eight-year-old girls. If you're a pastor, you're not allowed within 500 feet of that or you're arrested. They're being arrested. I played the video on the podcast. Arthur Pulaski's son was just arrested for that. Can't be within 500 feet. I don't know how, 500, how far 500 feet is. Eddie, wave your hand. I don't know if it's more or less than that. It's probably, less, it's probably more than that. More, right? Look how far. You can't be anywhere near it. You break, again, it's like six foot distance, 500 feet. You're not allowed within 500 feet or you get arrested. That's Canada. Jordan Peterson has just been sent to a re-education camp. He starts on the 20th of whatever Monday is, so the 19th, uh, 19th of this month, but I believe it's the 20th or 21st, so it must be Tuesday. He gets sent to a re-education program. Why? By, by the way, he was found criminally, criminally guilty. He was convicted of a crime for doing what? What's the crime? For calling a man a woman or a woman a man. And now he goes to a re-education camp and they call people like you and me Nazis? Why is it that I always get called the Nazi? Who has more in common with Nazism, me or the left? I get called a racist, but everybody that I deal with lives. I don't abort anybody, black, white, Hispanic, or anybody else. Everybody I, everybody I deal with live, lives. Everybody they deal with dies. But you see, that problem is, is that Christians have malformed faith. They're not, te- they're not taught both ends. Once you're saved, you're always saved. That's not true. God, God, sometimes God heals, sometimes he doesn't, and we don't know why. That's not a Bible verse. Bible verse says he heals all your sicknesses and all your diseases. That's the Bible. Well, I haven't seen that happen. Then you're making the word of God of no effect to your tradition. If that's what you're standing on, that I, I've seen that not happen, you've made the word of God of no effect to your tradition. Mark 7, 13. Because the world's persecutions were not addressed with faith, 
We're not answered with faith. They tell you to wear a mask, what do you do? You answer it with faith. What's your answer? I bind it. You know it's good enough because your yes is yes, your no is no, I'll take no. But your answer should be, you know what, no, I bind all sicknesses, and illnesses and diseases. And also, I preach the truth in love. What's the truth? A mask can never stop a virus. So why would I don your stupid mask? It's like I told you last week, they just reinstituted at the White House. You can't be anywhere in the White House unless you're fully vaxxed, a negative COVID test, test or masked. How many months is it now? 36, April 37, May 38. So 38 months and 15 days to flatten the curve. They're still masked in the White House. But the world's persecutions were not addressed, were not answered by the church with your faith which is the word of God, which is Jesus. But instead it was answered with compliance and cowardice, which is masquerading as love. Oh, you know, we just love people so much. We're a community partner and a good neighbor, you know, and uh, doesn't say, it says love your neighbor. Love your neighbor means what? Love is the word of God. Loving your neighbor does not mean wearing a lie around your face. Loving your neighbor does not mean closing your church so now your neighbor can't come. But most of the time, what is called love today is cowardice. You're afraid to preach the truth. So instead you go, well, in the name of love, I'm not gonna preach the truth. Love rejoices in the truth. See, you contradict the full witness of the word of God. That's 1 Corinthians 13, 6. You said persecutions of the world. Is that right, Tom? Yeah. What's the persecutions of this world? Well, let's look at them right now. What are they? And how are you going to answer them? They're going to come at you with disease. Again, what are you going to do? He took up my infirmities and carried my diseases. That's of no concern for me. That's arrogant. No, it's not. It's preaching the word instantly, in season, out of season, popular or not. I have no concern about sickness. Well, they're coming at you with inflation. How many of you don't tithe? It's a great tithing church. However, there's still a large constituency inside the church that doesn't tithe. So you are vulnerable to the world's economy. They're gonna, this inflation is on purpose. For those of you that watched the podcast last night, I apologize for the redundancy on this, but you honestly think that Bud Light and Disney and Target are bankrupting themselves on purpose? They've been mandated to bankrupt themselves by shareholders that want them to bankrupt themselves so they can come in and do a hostile takeover of what's left. What happened to the Vice Channel? Ever watch that on cable? Vice Channel had some great stuff about old wrestling and all that. What happened to them? They went woke and George Soros was their primary funder, waited for them to go woke and go broke and then just took over the company. Basically repoed the company. Because he had a major loan. That's, that's what's happening with Disney. Their, min, their minority, majority shareholders, like BlackRock, Vanguard, that's what's happened to Fox News. They want them to bankrupt themselves so they can come and buy a bunch of deflated stock. They, Fox has lost, lost half their audience in a month. That's quite, I mean, that's quite an accomplishment. So what are you gonna do though? 
What are you gonna do with the hoaxes? Are you, gonna, are you gonna speak their language like a lot of Christians did? Even Christians that couldn't see, didn't wear masks and didn't lock down and didn't close, they still spoke the language of the demonic left, of the globalists, of the antichrist. Well, I believe that we can open safely. You're speaking their language. Well, you know, I believe that, you know, global warming is a problem. I just don't believe it's an existential threat. You're speaking their language. It's not a problem. How's it a problem? Well, that my aunt last year, she died of global warming. <laughs> like I said with COVID the entire time, where are the bodies? It's, it's hoaxes. I'm gonna have to break it out because I'm always claiming that I wanna break it out and then I never break it out, but I keep it at home. If you ever, if you actually tracked what happened with COVID, with the Army Corps of Engineer Hospitals, $660 million were spent of your money on Army Corps of Engineer Hospitals in the epicenters of COVID-19. The USS Comfort was retrofitted and driven into New York Harbor as a COVID hospital ship. Saw 127 patients total. In New York City, a city of nine million people. Both Army Corps of Engineer Hospitals in New York City saw zero patients. But they were being overrun. It's a hoax, what are you gonna do? The Army Corps of Engineer Hospitals, two of them built in Chicago, didn't see one patient. Nobody knows, and all the churches, and who's preaching about any of this today outside of me and a few other people? Nobody. They're just doing another message on John 3, 16. Hey, you know what we're preaching about? The whole church could just answer. Because whenever I quote Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for lack of, but their answer would be, if the pastor said, guess what we're preaching today? They all answer John 3, 16. <laughs> God is love, God is love, we got it. Now let's preach the other parts. But they don't, the Christians don't know how to address their persecutions. You are persecuted with a disease. Persecuted by it. You're being persecuted with hoaxes. You're being persecuted with inflation. Jordan Peterson, persecuted with arrests. You don't think that's coming here? They would already be legislated right now if people like you and I were not standing in the gap. It would already be legislated that you'll go to prison. Barack Obama wants you to have a digital fingerprint so that you can be traced back to your home whenever you put misinformation on the internet. It just came out. It's the truth. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do with censorship? Well, you know what, we don't say certain things so that we can stay on a platform. Okay, so you're controlled opposition. What's the point of having you say anything then? You have Republicans in Congress who won't stand up and they just pass another bill for another $4 trillion of debt and we're already $32 trillion in debt. They won't speak the truth because they'll be removed from their committee. Well, what's the point of having you on the committee then? What's the point of being a Christian if you're not gonna preach the word? These things, these persecutions by the church weren't even seen as persecutions because they have malformed faith. They don't even know about the book of Revelation. They don't even know about falling away. They have no idea. Everybody still with me? I know it's hot in here. I don't know why it's hot in here. 
Huh? So hot in here. Is some people cold? Who's cold? Oh, good. Hey. It's amazing because I'm watching people fanning. And then I'm seeing other people with, with jackets on. Norma, you're hot. Are you hot? She's hot. I'm hot. I'm always hot. Good. I'm glad. I loved all those hands you came up because I'm concerned about you being hot. People, see, people think I'm such a, that I don't care about people. I care too much. Oh, honestly, I do. I'm like, I really care about how you feel. I don't want, I hate being hot. So I don't want you to be hot. But these things weren't even seen as persecutions. Why? Because they have malformed faith. All they have is one aspect of the word of God. And oftentimes the aspect of the word of God that they have are half verses. They're not even the word of God. The half that they have is actually a fifth. And that's, that's, their only, that's the only way they know to respond. I, I just respond in love. They tell us to wear a mask. You know what? Love, just like they think poverty is an attribute, they believe compliance is an attribute. That's all they have. That's all they've ever been taught. They should know better. If you're saved, teach yourself. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. First John 2, 27. You don't even need me. You should be teaching yourself. I'm not excusing them, nor will the great white throne judgment excuse anybody. I didn't know it was the mark of the beast. I thought I was you know, being a community partner and a good neighbor. And by the way, that's the way it's gonna be. Everyone thinks there's gonna be this ominous music playing through community speakers. Oh, ooh, like halo music. Ooh. And you'll have these demonic creatures knocking on your door trying to get you to take the mark of the beast. It's not gonna be that way. It'll be in the name of, of having a social credit score. Implanted in your forehead or on your right hand. And it's happening right in front of your eyes. But the, most of the church does not see this as persecution. They don't see it. Why, who's, I, I challenge you today. Go, out, go throughout the internet. Go on YouTube, although I hate YouTube. But go on YouTube and try to find another church that's preaching like this. Outside of the ones that I follow. You won't. They see their persecutions as health mitigations and safety measures, as, as precautions given to them by the experts. Instead of things coming after them to steal their freedom and steal their faith. And they answered once again with cowardice and compliance in the name of Jesus, in the name of love. Why? Again, because they were only taught John 3.16. What else should they have been taught? Of course, everybody knows Revelation 13, 16 through 18, that he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. And then no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Why does nobody in the church have wisdom? Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. Why is nobody able to calculate this? Why is nobody in the church preaching about the onset of CBDC currency on July 11th? 
They think that it's, uh, you can't preach politics from the pulpit. That's not Jesus. That's not the Bible. Stay with me now. They've been taught John 3, 16, but not Revelation 14, 14, 9 through 16. Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is being poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. People are like, how could you preach this in church? This is the Bible. This is the real Jesus. Most people, would, most Christians would never follow Jesus because he's not Christ-like. He shall be tormented. Whoever takes the mark of the beast, he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels, in the presence of Jesus. Jesus lets people be tormented with fire and brimstone? Yes! He is the judge. The Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, which hath sent him, John 5, 22 and 23. He's the judge. He's not a bongo-playing, tie-dye-wearing hippie, all-accommodating, all-accepting hippie. He's the righteous judge who will watch people who receive the mark of the beast on their right hand or on their forehead be tormented with fire and brimstone. That's our Jesus. Why is it never preached by anyone? That's why people don't know how to respond. They don't know how to respond in faith because they don't have the word and the word is faith. They're destroyed for lack of knowledge. Yeah, but Tom, you'll empty out your church. I'd rather, I'd rather save one people, one person, than convince a thousand they're saved that aren't. Still in Revelation 14, it's 1158. Everybody good? Got 12 minutes to go. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night. No rest day or night who worships the beast in his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Holy Ghost, yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. See how serious the gospel is? You mean I may have to lay my life down? Yes, you may have to lay your life down. What are you gonna do? It's that serious. Why will the love of most grow cold? Because nobody ever preached messages to them out of book of Revelation chapter 14. They don't even know it's Christ-like to lay your life down. They think compliance is Christ-like. They think cowardice is, quite, is Christ-like. It's not Christ-like. You have to stand even to the place of laying your life down. It's serious business. It's not lighthearted. Everybody wants, to, everybody wants church to be lighthearted. I just didn't feel very edified in the church today. You even know what edified means? Have you even looked at the definition of edifying? Before you use the word edifying, you ought to go look at the definition for edifying. Edifying means be remodeled. You weren't remodeled. You, you, you were edified in your own destruction, in your own complacency. 
They certainly made me feel good about failing. They made me feel great about never winning the lost and never healing the sick. I feel great about myself today. <laughs> Onward in the book of Revelation, chapter 14, verse 14. Now I'm preaching both ends. That's the bad, right? It's none of it. I, I hate to even use the word bad because I don't consider any of it to be bad. It's the word of God, therefore it's love. But you heard it, be tormented in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. The smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever and they have no rest. So drink of the cup of his indignation. There's the bad, right? Verse 14, then I looked and behold, a white cloud and on the cloud sat one like the son of man, having on his head a golden crown and in his hand a sharp sickle. Listen to that, listen for that sickle now. It's 12 o'clock, 10 minutes to go. And in his hand, a sharp sickle. Who has a sharp sickle in his hand? We've been taught our whole life it's the grim reaper. There is no grim reaper. Jesus has the sharp sickle in his hand and a golden crown on his head. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat in the cloud, thrust in your sickle and reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he, amen. So he, if you understand the book of Revelation, here comes the rapture of the church. Thrust in your sickle and reap because Foundation Church is ready to go home. For the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who sat in the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth and the earth was reaped. Second Thessalonians 2, 7 coinciding with this verse. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way sickled off the earth, harvested you and I from the earth before the worst of the worst happens. But you'll have to stand before then. Because intermingled with that, if you look at how these chapters come together, the lawless one is being revealed, but not fully revealed. When he is, fully, when he is actually established who, who opposes God and sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, 2 Thessalonians chapter two, three through eight. When he is doing that, we'll be gone. But prior to that, he'll be escalating to that place who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. The harvest of the church is not gonna happen until the falling, of the, way comes, falling away of the church comes first. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God in Jerusalem, showing him the abomination of desolation, showing himself that he is God. We will miss that part. But the escalation to that part, we will be here. It's called the beginnings of sorrows. We'll be here for that. Quiet in here. See, none of this bothers me at all. 
Everybody, every, this all has to be ominous. To me, it's glorious. Let his praise be glorious like we sang. All you'll do is prosper until the moment you are sifted from this earth. So I read to you 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one, and then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Your job is to restrain, not comply. Your job is to restrain, not comply, and, and, and be cowardly in the name of love. They say CBDC, you go, I'm going to a different bank. They say you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel. You can't buy food. You can't get medicine. Without your QR-coded mark of the beast on your forehead, you go all starved to death. But God will never let you starve to death. But that's the stand you have to take. You're, his anointed is never seen begging for bread. That you're going to have to stand in faith. If Walmart's not an option, most Christians will take the mark of the beast to get into Walmart. They won't, they won't even take the mark of the beast for, for star, to stave off uh, starvation. They'll take the mark of the beast purely out of convenience. That's how they sell the marks everywhere. Facial recognition, actual chips implanted in people's right hands. It's happening right now. It's for, oh, it's just so convenient not to have to carry a card. Carry a card. How inconvenient is it to carry a card? It's so inconvenient to carry a card that you'll choose a, a, a chip and plant it in your body instead. Verse 9, 2 Thessalonians, closing with this. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. The coming, not the establishment. Please study the word of God. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not, that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study the coming of the lawless one. Not when he's sitting on the throne. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth. They were fine with, I love I love you, you love me, love, 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 purple dinosaur, love. But they didn't love the truth. They loved love. It's like a Christian who loves worship but doesn't love God. They love love, they love their own concept of love. They love their own Pharisaic, humanistic love but not love of the truth. Truth hurts. It doesn't always hurt, but oftentimes it hurts. They did not receive the love of the, of the truth that they may be saved. And for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion. It should sound eerily familiar because you should see those skids being greased right now. Everything's a strong delusion. A strong climate change. Climate change. 
Yeah, you know, I had four relatives last year die to climate change. The atmosphere is made up of 0.03% CO2. 0.03%. Even less than the dying rate of COVID, than the death rate for COVID. 0.1%. 0.03%. Human beings contribute 3% to the 0.03%. And it's gonna kill you. Should we be concerned when you're LA and you're under smog? Yeah, you should be concerned about that. It's not good to breathe in smog, but is it gonna end the earth? Absolutely not. It's not a remote threat to the earth. It's a strong delusion. Well, I was assigned a gender at birth. No. As was said, and this is where I get many of my, much of my wisdom, Kindergarten cop, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> With a little kid. Boys have penises and girls have vaginas. That's how you know. Nobody assigns you anything. They spread your legs. Whoop, boy. Now they do it on sonograms. They just wait for you to on a sonogram for them to get the right angle. Boy, girl, simple as that. Now it's an assignment. It's a strong delusion. It's a delusion. They say in America, the greatest threat to your life is white supremacist terrorism. According to the FBI director and the president of the United States. Okay, I wanna ask you, show of hands. I mean it. How many of you were persecuted last year by white supremacist terrorists? All right, let's go all racist. How many of you were persecuted by black supremacist terrorists? How about Hispanic supremacist terrorists? Asian supremacist terrorists? Female supremacist terrorists? Male supremacist terrorists? I had one guy in the back, I saw you. That was awesome. I got you, I got you. He raised his hand for female supremacist terrorists. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's finish, let's finish. Who is she? Hey! <laughs> I love you, man, that's funny. That is funny. I love you, dude, I do, I love you. I love you. <laughs> he goes, seriously. I said, who is, who is persecuted by white by female supremacist terrorists? <laughs> You're my favorite person of the week. I love you. Worship team, make your way. I'll close right here. 1210, told you. I'm a man of my word until I break it. And for this reason, now remember, in closing, who is this written to? Let no one, how does, this, how does this section of scripture start? We're in 2 Thessalonians, chapter two, starting in verse three, running to 12. How does this start? Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come until the falling away comes first. So who is the strong delusion coming to? That's right. And for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie, separating the wheat from the chaff. That they should all be condemned because they did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Virtue signaling. Look how virtuous I am. You know what? 
my uncle Jimmy, who now goes by Tammy, I have complied because of my virtue, my, my, my false righteousness and my virtue. I've complied because, you know what, that's what he wants. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That's what she wants. And that's all in the name of love. They will fall for the grand delusion. You're already seeing it. You're already seeing it unfold right before your very eyes. But it's not over. How many people under 40 in here? Shout amen. Amen. All we have to do is restrain. Your kids will have kids. Seriously. All we have to do is restrain. Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. All we need to do is restrain. Your kids will have kids. But if the church complies, then we're ushering in, ushering in beast one, beast two, the lawless one, the son of perdition, if you comply. People like you and I, we're hated, but we're actually what's keeping the world safe. Amen? Amen. 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 That, that reach anybody today? Amen. Change anybody today? I hope it did.